Hey, what's up guys and welcome to episode one of the Osmeg Media Gaming Podcast. I'm David and join me today I've got Tannen. How you doing guys? And Steve. Alright. Guys, how are we today? Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Been a chill Not day. Considering you've got us working on a Good Friday, mate. Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, we don't pay double time around here. <laughs> no so, penalty rates. Yeah, sadly not. It's Australia. Some pay would be good, out. though. Yeah. <laughs> Just a hug. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a hug? No? No, speak to Tannen around yeah. it. He's a hugger on the group. Okay, I've okay. heard this about you, let's, Tannen. Let's try this through the camera. <laughs> I felt it. I, f- I oh, felt yeah. something. I won't quite. I won't tell you where I felt it, but I felt it. <laughs> that, that, that's a connection there. <laughs> so it's been quite a busy week. A lot of stuff to go through. Um, just kind of first up, what have you been playing this week? I did a little bit of Dungeon Defenders, which I wouldn't mind getting us together to have a let's play on that one. I reckon we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, I've never heard of that. You're going to tell me a bit more. So think Tower Defense but a 3D environment where you can actually build them yourself. It's a very, very different concept. Did that relate with you, Steve? Because I'm still not getting it. Tower (laughs) defense? Nope. Yep. (laughs) All right. So anybody who's played on a phone knows about tower defense. All right. So you you have waves of enemies come out, Uh and you build certain towers in certain spots to destroy the enemies as they're coming out. So it's like Command and Conquer? No. (laughs) <laughs> Clash of Clans. Clash of Clans. Close enough. Candy Crush Saga. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Name mobile games. Uh Balloon Tower Defense, Toy Tower Defense. Literally in the name. Oh, so anything with defense on it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, let, let's just go on with that. Okay. Zombies on Black Ops. It has waves. So does the I don't think so it's related. Think, to the sea doesn't think have the Black Ops zombie waves, but your main defense is deploying towers and shooting them with spells or hacking them with swords. Okay, okay. And, and this is all third person. Yep. Okay, might give it a go. Steve, what have you been trying to find time to play? Uh, yeah, it's been a busy week. Um, I jumped on and played a little bit of FIFA. Um, this week, and I also uh, finished off the Walking Dead uh, walkthrough game for Season 2, the story mode game. Uh, quite like that, actually. It's uh, it's, it's taken me a while to get through Season 1 and Season 2, but uh, I quite liked it. It's uh, I like how, obviously, you can make different decisions and play through it. It's, it's, easy game. it's easy play through as well if you're not really wanting to do anything too taxing or too testing. It's, uh, it's a nice little easy game to play through, and it's got a cool little story as well. Yeah, so it's an interactive storybook. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like choose your own. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> remember you had those in the books when you were a kid. Like, it was yeah. it's like it's like that, but like it's got a cool storyline, and literally anything you say can change the path of the outcome of the story. And then at the end of it, it gives you your percentage. <clears throat> well, the decision you made versus the percentage of people that made against that decision. So, for example, oh, so you can find out if people the made the yeah, that's right. Yeah, so forty percent of the people made the decision to kill the little girl, and sixty percent of the people didn't. And I was this part of the forty percent because I've got a little girl, and I know how much she annoys me at times. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, it's things like that. <clears throat> it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's made by Telltale. Um, they've got three seasons of Walking Dead now. They've got a Batman one. They've got a 
Borderlands one. Um, Game of Thrones one. That was actually pretty good. I played that not that long ago. Um, so I've got that. I haven't played it yet. I've got that. Um, I'd be quite interested to play that. Massive Game of Thrones fan, so I've got high expectations for it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's an original story, but it's quite interesting how the games kind of came about. Um, Telltale, the studio behind it, were actually they, they were on their arse. They were ready to go out of business. They had enough money left for one last game, and that ended up being the Walking Dead Telltale series. But that's been ported everywhere. That's PC, PlayStation, Xbox, um, iOS, Android. Yeah, it's um, you can play that game on anything Vita. Wow. Yeah, definitely want to Fantastic. check out. I think I played it on um, iPhone a while ago. Yeah. My, my first experience with it was on iPad. Um, and, yeah, it, they're quite interesting. It's kind of party games. Um, I know if the Batman one, they've kind of leaned into the multiplayer a bit more. So everyone can download a application um, and you can actually vote on what decision you want to make. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so it takes um, the consensus on it. So it's quite interesting to play with other people because no one will ever kind of have the same opinion on what you should have done and what you should have said and who should have saved. So, um, yes. Family feud of games. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. You should try it out. We could maybe do, we could maybe do something with it um, for the channel. I don't know. Maybe get the Batman one together and um, see how we go there. Maybe quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in trying something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well... For myself, I've been playing ukulele. Um, I was actually going to ask you about that one. What the hell is that? Yeah, so ukulele... I've got one in my music room. (laughs) 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 So for the older ones within this podcast, um, Steve mainly, you'll remember the... (laughs) (laughs) You'll remember the N64 days. So ukulele was by Rare, who made the GoldenEye 007 games. They made um, Killer Instinct, Banjo and Kazooie. That you know, if you name a you know a great game from that era, they're probably kind of behind it. So obviously they made Banjo and Kazooie and Banjo Two for the N64. Microsoft then bought the company out, um, took it as an Xbox first party studio, and. They never really did anything with those licenses, so we never ever got a third Banjo and Kazooie game. We can't. I think we moved on working on like Connect games at one point, and then I don't think they're actually doing anything just now. Yeah, so the cast studio leads that started it. Um, they're all based in England. They took to Kickstarter for a spiritual successor to Banjo and Kazooie, and they came out of ukulele. So I think it broke some Kickstarter records at the time. Um, in terms of how mm-hmm. much it made within the first 24 hours, but that was a game finally came out, so it's a third-person platformer collect-a-thon. Um, give you an idea, there's five main levels, there's uh, 1,200 um, feathers within the game that act as currency. Jesus. And that reminds me of collecting feathers back in Assassin's Creed. Yeah, and there's 120 pages which act as... Um, Another thing you had to collect in Assassin's Creed. <laughs> well, the pages kind of work like the stars did in Super Mario 64. So you imagine what you had to do to get a star in that game. You know, it was always yeah. at the end of a puzzle, a challenge. You know, they weren't just things you went up and collected. There was always a kind of challenge tied to it. There's 120 yeah. of those. And you need uh, at least 100 to unlock the final boss. So I'm about 10 hours deep in it at the moment. I'm playing the PC version. I'm enjoying it so far, but there is a lot of stuff to collect. It's it's going to be a bit of work. Any of the bugs come across from the old Nintendo 64 days? 
Um, nah, well, playing in the PC version, I don't get to blow in the cartridge anymore. So <laughs> That was the game, getting the game to work. That's the whole part of it, yeah. I remember doing it on the Mega Drive as well. That and tapping it. You used to tap it on the table and then blow it in the cartridge. Amazing. If that still failed, you'd then open up the bit where you put the cartridge and blow the shit out of the, car- the actual device itself. Right, yep. <laughs> yeah. The old school days. Um, now, nah, look, in terms of bugs, I know some people have um, been talking about having bugs in the console version. Um, the original version of the game that was kickstarted was a PC version, so that was the one that they worked on from day dot. Um, as the funding grew, they did um, move on to having a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and a Wii U version. The Wii U version gets swapped over to the Switch, which is why it's not out on day one. It's coming in the next month or two, I think. Um, okay. I think on console it's 1080p 30 frames a second I decided to go for the PC version just it seemed like the I guess the best version of the game at the time um, I'm running it in 4k I'm capturing my footage in 4k 78 frames a second it, it's beautiful it's a great looking game um, it looks just like a Banjo and Kazooie title um, but no so far I've not had a single bug with it what about those little pet peeves that everybody hates? Any problems with the camera? That was one of the biggest problems with those ones. It's funny that you mention the camera because I feel like every game I've reviewed in the last month I've had to talk about the camera. Yeah, look, it, it's it's kind of strange. As soon as you pick up the game, you need to play it with a controller or even on PC, which is fine. That's how I would play it anyway. I don't want to play a game with keyboard and mouse. Um, not a platformer anyway. Yeah, the camera's kind of funny. It's kind of sticky. So when you pull it to the right, it'll always kind of pull back to the centre and it takes a bit of getting used to it's not too bad now. I think I've kind of adjusted to it, but um, as far as I know, as a patch came out today that I've not had a chance to test yet that fixes the camera, so um, I will get that well, At least they're doing things to fix it. Yeah. yeah. It, it's only- I mean, that's the good thing about the modern age is that you can actually get patches for these things now. Yeah, it's good and bad, <laughs> because at the same time, it, we're, we're kind of at the point now where developers just putting something out knowing they can patch it later rather than making sure it's good on day one. So it, it's fine, look. I'm not going to drop any names. <laughs> Division. <laughs> um, Warner Bros. being the other one. But look, it's it's been good. The camera's not bored me enough. It was going to feature in part of my review. I will update it um, today at some point. Um, I'm only about halfway through the game. So if the oh, update... And now it's only halfway through. That's that's a lot of playtime. It's a long game. You're talking about 32 hours to complete it. Can okay, but look, once I patch it, if the Better camera than six hours. if the camera looks better, um, I won't mark it down against the game because anyone picking up the game from today will get that better experience. But yeah, hopefully it's kind of resolved that issue because there weren't many things I was disliking about the game. The camera's a little bit of an issue, but hopefully it's fixed now. So um, what's the story like? If you've got 32 hours worth of gameplay, what's the story like? Is it compelling or what? Because uh, I'll be honest, 32 hours is a long time. Yeah. And look, it is, um, in terms of story, there's not much there, I'll be honest. Um, if you remember Banjo and Kazooie, the whole thing was that uh, Banjo's sister, Tui, was stolen by Gruntilda the Witch. It sounds so silly thinking about it now, but that, that set you on a 16-hour campaign to collect all these um, jiggies to unlock levels and get to Gruntilda. In this game, um, you're actually collecting pages, I say, from a magical book that's been stolen by Capital B, who's actually a B named Capital B. <laughs> I can't help. It's, um, 
Yeah, I love thinking these ones. Yeah, no, no, like it, it's cool. It's I'm not playing it for the story. I'm playing it for the worlds. Like world one is a kind of jungle tribal area. The worlds are huge. Like you get the world you unlock, you can then expand it. It's massive. It's maybe four times the size of a um, Banjo and Kazooie level. Um, Any backtracking on those ones? Because like a lot of the yeah. times with the collectible ones, like you did have to go back to unlock other areas to get all the collectibles. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you go through it, your feathers that you collect, you trade into a guy named Trouser, who's a snake. Let me guess, <laughs> wearing trousers. Yeah, so he's a trouser snake. Nailed it. Um, oh my days. That's a real character. Um, so you <laughs> Family trade- friendly game, obviously. Yeah, well, yep. it'd go over a kid's head. Like, I, I mentioned it to my wife, and she now even got the reference, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Maybe it's just that we are dirty fuckers, that's what it is. Yeah. Life but, is funnier when you have a dirty mind. Let's just put that out there. But yeah, <laughs> well, th- there is backtracking, because as you go through and you, you give your feathers to Trouser, and it gives you new abilities, it'll, it lets you go back to the very <laughs> first level and start... I've got to un- laugh every time now you say Trouser. Start unlocking things that you couldn't reach the first time around. So it does make a difference. Um, it, but yeah, there's a lot of backtracking. Like, I'm on to World 3 now, so level 1 was, I say, Jungle. Level 2 was Ice. This one's now a kind of Halloween Swamp. And there's things that I've unlocked in this level that will send me back to the very first one. Um, so it's a lot of jumping between the different worlds, and it's all within a massive hub world. Um, that's also got things to explore in there and different collectibles. So it's a massive game. How long the appeal sticks with me, I'm not too sure, because I say I'm about 10 hours in at the moment. I've got another 25 to go to realistically complete it to the final boss. I don't you know. Think if it's, it's nostalgia carrying you through. It was definitely nostalgia in the first couple of hours. The first couple of hours, um, picking up the game, like it was beautiful. I was playing in four K. Music was great. Certain things about it is kind of getting to the point where I'm thinking I probably would have enjoyed this more ten year ago, fifteen year ago. But when you, you weren't know, quite so picky. Yeah, I guess so. When I guess before I'd played other games, you know, the three D platformers kind of dropped off the map in recent years. So I I don't know. I'll get to the end of it. I'll reserve my opinion to then. Whether or not it's the start of a franchise, I'm not too sure. I know that they've done well with it for, um, in terms of commercial sales. I don't know if I needed this type of game as much as I think I wanted this type of game. Speaking of pushing it through to the end, Power Rangers. Like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Are we on, are we, we going to move on to this topic? On can, can, maybe we should just skip over it. Like, no. cause I those people people developing this game could listen to this podcast, and I would I want to make them cry. Look, it's only <laughs> fair to talk about it. We all played it. I did the review on it, but obviously, at the end of the day, those were mainly my opinions. Apart from the fact that none of us liked it. So, Steve, <laughs> what did you think of the game? <clears throat> all right, I think. Um, all right, let's be calm and decisive about my answer here. Uh, <laughs> um, no, look, it, I think that it, prob- it it could be a good game that I would consider playing if it was on my iPhone for free with in-app purchases. All right, I, don't, I wouldn't have to worry about purchasing the extra fucking Red Power Ranger or worrying about purchasing Tommy or something like that. Like I could just play it on a plane. As a, as a time killer. I would play it for that. But for, and I'm sure 
I didn't pay for it, so I'm quite happy I didn't pay for it. But when I sat there and and played it on on a PlayStation console, it makes me think, you know, what's the point? Like if they they, they could have easily developed it for phone, it was it wouldn't have been as it's you know it's not gra- graphically dependent on hardware <laughs> at all. I would say it's definitely a, a a game that can be played across a lot of platforms, and probably should have been left to the mobile platform. That's actually a very good point. I I didn't think about that, but you're right. That one probably would have played a lot better that way. Yeah, I, I'd play it. I would play it on on uh, on on phone, and you'd probably find a time killer. Though, yeah, that's right. Exactly. It's not something. I mean, I don't really play hardcore games on my phone. Um, yeah, I just play them for time killers. Um, mm. So I think that that would have been a good way to. I, I, I honestly think it would have gotten a few downloads as well. Um, and it probably would have worked when you think about the way the game was made up, um, you know, six levels um, and then into sub-levels. You know, each of those sub-levels could be, you know, five, ten minutes of your time that you could play while travelling. Well, you know, I think the game would have worked that way. Um, but yeah, interesting that it ended up, um, I'm sure, I think it was a $28 game. That's, that's, a, lot of mo- that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, still still not uh, a full price title, but it's it's a it's a lot of game for a I guess a place. So it's a lot of money for a PlayStation Store game, especially that mm-hmm. kind of quality. But Tannen, you played it as well. What do you think the game kind of needed to turn it into a game that you'd have been interested in finishing? So, for me, uh, a lot more button combinations. Like with that kind of game, you need more progression in the combos to be able to pull it off. And the just being able to hit the enemies a lot easier would make it a lot more fun. I mean, there was a couple of times you were standing there and you were smacking air, like, and it wasn't that far (laughs) off. Uh, It's just it's like Streets of Rage. Mm. But the one thing that also made it a little bit irritating is yes, there's six levels. Average one took about twenty minutes, half an hour. But the non-cross to XP to the other characters was one of the bigger ones that got me. The fact that you go, okay, not a lot to this game. Oh, we'll switch up the ranges. So we got different abilities just to give it that little bit of change up. But no, you're halfway through the game and you're just smacked across the face because this ranger hasn't been leveled up. And I don't know about you, but for a game that had such little content, it is not one that I'm going to go back and play through to level up all those characters. So, Mm unless you're playing it with a group of friends like we did, you're never going to see the full capacity of the game because the first time through just pissed you off so much. You're not going to go back and play the other Rangers, Mm. but but the combinations and like one of the things that David, you pointed out is the bit where you form the Megazoid, like just such a disappointing end. Like, I I mean, like just little circles. That's it. Just, Shooting little circles and then a few button like quick times to like, and it's just the same thing. Like it's. I remember remember playing it. I remember sitting next to David when we were playing it, and we got all excited when Megazord started to form. We were like, "Here we go! This is going to be a bit of fun." And then all Mm. of a sudden, you were smashing buttons just to hit these red dots on the body, and then it went into a quick time thing. It was just ridiculous. I, I, oh, that was. Well, I made David stop playing it after that. I think, um, in my opinion, someone's had this idea for a side-scrolling beating up Power Rangers game, and, you know, it's been done before, it's sold well on the Mega Drive, the Genesis, the Super Nintendo, 
it wasn't a bad idea. You know, I, yeah, I was, but just whacking a Power Rangers label on it's not going to make it any better. Yeah, I was yeah. Say, it's not a bad idea. I didn't say it wasn't a bad game. Mm. Um, the, I, I think they've started off with the hopes of building something on from the Genesis game, and that end section when we actually get to the Megazord battle, I think that they've sat around a table, and that's been the easiest way of getting it out of the way. Basically, they've got their fighting section, they've got their leveling up system. Um, as much more we had for the leveling up system, but you know they had to have a Megazord battle in there somewhere. They couldn't not have it. It wouldn't work within the context of the game. So the the laziest way of doing that was to have a quick time event, and um, sadly that is what they went with. And um, poor choice, very poor choice. Yeah, it was. Well, it was because there was no motivation then to actually finish the game um you know like one of the things i found as well is the like again coming back to the xp it was such a grind yeah and like like you also mentioned when you try to finish it yourself the difficulty curve on it is just insane like one minute you're just breezing through these standardized enemies and then all of a sudden you're just getting mobbed like on single player yeah yeah maybe that's why they didn't do it for phone they wanted that multiplayer experience. I think I did, you know, what I did like about um, the multiplayer experience and, you know, I will I will give it a, a thumbs up for this point is how you could go and revive your uh, your ally. You can, yeah. you can walk over and I think spam the L2 button and you could revive them pretty, pretty quick as well. It wasn't, um, it wasn't something that you had to take forever on. Like we've been playing, we played other games where it takes forever to heal your, uh, your mm, down. It makes but, it very difficult. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, that, that was a good point. And I think that, you know, if I think about it, um, maybe the console way of playing it for multiplayer is good, but single player, maybe if they could curb the difficulty, we'd be better on a, on a phone. Well, you could still do multiplayer on a phone. Like you just link it yeah. up to an internet server. Yeah, it's true. Just you play could. with like a random, well, bringing World random of Warcraft map. into it, like random dungeon finder, like just find a random party that joins, wants to join. I think yeah. we're, um, we're expecting a bit too much from whoever, I, I don't actually know the studio, but whoever actually made this. I reckon it was a guy called Derek in his garage. No, it has to be Carl. Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it, it was a cash grab. It was um, released alongside the movie. Um, and that's that's the disappointing part, is you can clearly tell it's just a cash grab. Yeah. They, they could have done a lot better with it. Like, there's just those few big key points that it fucked up on like don't get me wrong we had some fun well like it was all great at the start like having us around sitting there playing it through brings back the whole split screens thing that we're missing in a lot of the modern games today but the fact that it just had nothing as you went on like it just didn't progress for me yeah and um look it's probably an example of a type of game i'll probably stay away from in the future um I think looking at a bit of the content around it, it looked a kind of budget title, but you know sometimes you pick them up and um, they may have been harshly reviewed. People that didn't really like the series didn't really get the multiplayer concept. So we played it in its best form. We played it um, in a multiplayer mm. way of doing it. Playing it as a single player, I, I've seen people doing it. I would not have got through the first level. I think it's a game where you can make your own fun and. Mm. Yeah, I think the the most enjoyment I had out of the game was the kind of banter we had between ourselves. Mm. Um, if I had to play it as a single player game, I would probably have deleted it after the first level. 
Definitely a friend play game. So speaking of multiplayer games, moving on to our last topic, Destiny 2. So excited. We're taking pre-orders <laughs> at the moment. We have a beta coming up in the well, Australian winter, American summer. And we've got a kind of mixed group here. So Steve, you've never got into Destiny. No, um, I never really got into it. Uh, it was never really a a game that really kind of gripped me. I know that there were so many people that were on it, and there were like a lot, a lot of friends that I I know that don't even um, that, that don't even play those kinds of games. They were all over it, and they were telling me you need to get on Destiny, you need to try it out. My brother uh, over over in the UK, he, he was one as well. He was bang on Destiny for all the content that they were getting, and I just couldn't get. Um, I just couldn't get into it. Like, I, I tried it a couple of times with you. You begged me to play it, Dave, and I tried. And I, th- I just felt like a useless, useless bastard going around these levels and just getting shanked by any any motherfucker that was that was there. It was boring. I, I got really annoyed with it. I got bored. Not an FPS player. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll come back to that point in a second. Tannen, you're kind of the opposite. How many hours did you put into Destiny? I can tell you the one thing, not as much from our brother. He clocked more hours on that than the creator of the game. Now, I find that a beat, and I'll give a shout-out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it was like a 1,500 hours gameplay time that he got up on it. It was absolutely ridiculous. So what, what's Myself, that? That's like 10 uh, weeks. <laughs> solid, like just solid. So myself, I probably got about, I would say, at least clocked over 200 hours. Like, I really enjoyed it. But the big thing that let it down, and everybody's pointed this out, and, like, I'm really hoping they got their shit together with this one, is the lack of story. Like, I mean, it's Bungie, for fuck's sake. Like, they created the Halo universe. Mm. Like, we know they can do this. What happened? Like, there's been all this stuff around to it. And as far as I'm aware, what actually happened is the creator of the game was getting rushed too much. And the guy who wrote the story, well, went, fuck you, I'm leaving, and took the rights with him. So they were just like, okay, we have this fucking release date, and everybody's excited for it. Let's just throw it out there. And then it's just been patchwork from then on. Well, that's the thing. Like, Activision's a publicly traded company. They they're answerable to their investors, and I think you also get to the point where Bungie was probably asking for more time, and Activision had to get it out that quarter. You know, I think at the time it was the biggest new IP ever released. Um, the pre-order numbers were incredible. Yeah, but yeah. You know, Vanilla Destiny did launch very light on story. It did get a lot better, but. Steve, going it back, still felt like patchwork to it, me. It was, and I think it was all building up to kind of rewriting Destiny 2, but going back to you, Steve, when you came into the game, you came in around... Um, Taken King, wasn't it? Taken King. Yeah, it was. Which was around, you know, that was the second year of Destiny. Going into a new game, so we're already, we're already getting a fresh restart, nothing's carrying over, no guns, no levels, no abilities... Going into Destiny 2, what will it take for you as a new player to become invested in that game? What are you looking for? Because you played a lot of the Division. Yeah. So, what will it take to move you from a Division player into Destiny? Or what would you like to see come across that you've had in the Division? 
Look, I think that um, I think that what I like about the division. Look, I love that the uh, you know, loot-based games. I enjoy that. I'm I'm a I'm a whore when it comes to trying to grab things. I, I love stuff and I love things and I want to get stuff and things as <laughs> much as I can. That's that that's that's. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i do i do like i like getting all that stuff and and, and level, seeing my player level up i don't even mind grinding to, to to do that to a certain extent um yeah well you you played what about 400 hours in the division yeah i played a lot of hours in the division like i i was playing when people were when when it was at its lowest there was nobody around um, wanting to play this game. It was very hard to get into a group of people and it was a broken game. I mean, Activision did something very, uh, sorry, not uh, um, Ubisoft did very sim- something very similar to Act- Activision in that sense where they kind of just released the game because they had uh, stakeholders that really were pushing them to launch this game early or, or on time, but it was not ready. Uh, and the, the game was broken and it lost so many people uh, players and uh, Dave, you were one of them. You know, you uh, we've got a friend as well that went and even went as far as to part X's game in for another one. And you know, it's um, it, what I liked about the division was the, the storyline and the, the 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 gameplay was not as far fetched. I mean, look, Tom Clancy is a very true to life kind of storyteller so that that kind of storyline was was compelling to me because i like that stuff like if i looked at the call of duties i like the modern warfares and i i, I liked uh, black ops so it's not so much the fantasy yeah i'm not a big fantasy lover however if the storyline is believable in a fantasy world like you've got the cord like um the halo stories and things like that like yes it's a fantasy world but the storyline is compelling I think that that is something that would grip me and take me forwards. And um, I'm not a massively serious person when it comes to my, my the, these kinds of games. Like I like it to be a little bit of loose, a little bit of humor in there and stuff like that as well. One thing that I will point out about the new trailer is that it does look like it incorporates a little bit of humor into it as well, yeah. which is something that I like. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I like that. That that to me, that's something that I, I mean, when I first saw it, like Dave tagged me in the, in the, um, uh, the, Trailer and it trailer. came out on Facebook, yeah. And I saw it, and um, I was, I was, I was like, "Here we go! I'm gonna have Dave bugging me now to play this game when it comes out." Uh, but I watched the trailer, and look, I was, I was very happy. I was very happy with with what it looked like, and I think I even said to Dave, "Yeah, look, I'll, I'll give it a go," and uh, I'm willing to give it a go, especially because it is a loot based game as well, and I do like. Stuff yeah, I was just about to mention that you're a loot whore, so like, yeah. like even the trailer, you said lots of loot, so that. Like, yeah. I'm hoping that will bring you across. Yeah, that's it. Stuff and things. Stuff and things, Steve. That's what they call me. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, by the sounds of it, it sounds the biggest concern there was like uh, the lack of story. Yeah. Like, th- then that's the one that I'm hitting as well. Is it's like a, the gameplay, amazing. Like I'll give it like one of the most smoothest FPS games I've ever played. The controls were perfect. But it just didn't have that hook that you mentioned, like with the story. It just it, it dragged a little bit. Can I just make a quick yeah. point here? The game had a lot of story. After patchwork. No, no, like, not, it w- not even that. The game had a lot of story at launch, but it was left on Bungie.net. The, yes. The grimoire okay. contained right. Bungie, books worth of yeah. content books upon books upon novels of lore and stories okay. related to that yep. universe but it wasn't i'm not a reader game. 
See, that that's where they missed me. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not going to sit yeah. there and, and read it. Look, and I, I'm the exact yeah, same. There's been some great stories that I've seen other content creators um, animate and put into a nice YouTube video for me because I don't want to sit there and read it. Yeah. But yeah. they've got such a deep world and so many great stories, but they've tucked it away. And some of it's hard to find. Yeah, they Steve, need to put it in there. Did you even know that it was there? No, I didn't have a Scooby Doo, and don't expect me to read anything that's not Harry Potter either. Like, <laughs> I ain't reading anything that ain't Harry Potter. You've got to make it uh, more compelling for me to watch and 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 uh, and view. See, if you have all that story, why not put it in the game? Yeah. That's where yeah. it's meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, hopefully, something that's going to be fixed in Destiny Two. I think they've really learned their lessons from the first game. But um, I do and- like the idea of a fresh start. Yeah, I mm. think I think it's smart, especially you know you've got players like um, myself and yourself, Tannen, that have played a lot of hours into the first game, and you know there's people like Steve that you know would probably enjoy it, but if they'd carried on a lot of the um, guns and levels from the first game, you know that that's scary. That's how I'll never go into a game like World of Warcraft. It doesn't matter how you know a, a new update looks good. I might be interested. I'll never jump into a game like that because people have nine, ten years of grinding on me. But if it means jumping into a title like Destiny Two and getting a fresh start, at the same point as everyone else. Yeah, they might get a cosmetic item because they played the first game. That's absolutely fine. But if I can jump in, I can encourage someone like Steve to come and try out for the first time, knowing that he's not going to be any further behind any yeah. other player in the game. That that's clever, and I'm glad they went that route. I will say on like yeah. I hope they bring like one of the epic guns across. Let us give a shout out for the Galahorn. Like that was like the most boss rocket launcher in the history of ever. <laughs> yeah, and I think there's the opportunity there to do that. You know, we, we might not need it right now. I think um, it takes it takes about two or three years for something to become missed properly. You know, we had Galahorn mm. in year one. We lost it in year two. We got it back in year three. I think taking out some guns like Thorn, the last word, Suros, we don't carry my Destiny 2, bring them back in two or three years from now. Rework mm. them into the proper meta of the game and give them back because they are fan favourites. They don't need to go forever, but look, I'd rather they gave me a whole new set of guns than give me the old ones back because I want to see what else they can make. I want to see what our um, skills, what our abilities, how these guns look. And I'm quite happy to have a fresh start. Well, if, if they can work it in, it could be like one of those side quest ones for a legacy gun. Like, yeah. that's an easy way to bring back your old favourites. I mean, you've still got your new ones, but you've got an extra little bit of content to make it work towards the extra guns and the old ones. Yeah, definitely. Guys, we're coming up and around the 40-minute mark. Do you have anything else you want to add? Well, I think only, that pretty much covers it for me, man. Yeah, only that my wife's given me the eyes, so I, so <laughs> I need to. I think I need to go and do duties. <laughs> <laughs> not even nice duties not ain't it <laughs> she probably wants me to do the dishes uh, yeah, domesticated gotta love it um, oh. I am a domesticated god you should see me mop <laughs> <laughs> alright guys I'll do this for episode one of the Osmic Media Gaming Podcast Tannen it was good chatting to you guys we'll catch you next time Steve see you later if you want to catch more Osmeg Media content from myself, Tannen, or Steve, you can check out at Osmeg Media on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. This has been David from Osmeg Media. See you next time.